like I said, we are in step seven. And step seven, I'll read it to you again. And it is step seven of the, the 12 steps is we humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings. Now, if you remember, step five is actually taking this uh, fearless inventory. Taking a fearless, or I better double check that. Step five is, um, no, st step, step four is we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five is we admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs, so we confessed it. Step six has been we were entirely ready to have God remove these defects of character. And now today we're going to do a ceremony showing that we are humbly asking God to remove our shortcomings. There's a passage of scripture that I want you to look at. And that passage of scripture comes from Luke chapter 18. And Jesus was dealing with a lot of religious people who made works and religious things that they did the priority of their life and ignored a relationship with God. And so they believed that no matter how bad they were, ultimately if they did good works, that's what God wanted more than a person that had a pure heart. And, and so, so the, the Pharisee would practice 613 laws, 613 details every day trying to make sure that he didn't make any mistakes. Impossible. And, and then would justify himself because of the sacrifices that he would make. And, and then you had the tax collector, and a tax collector was a person that basically robbed people. The tax collector would go to somebody's house, and if the person owed maybe 50 bucks, they would ask for 100, and the person in the house had to pay it. And, and this tax collector would make their living and even get wealthy and hurt people and very corrupt individual lying through their teeth regardless of who it hurt. And so Jesus is going to now, in a parable, show the religious people and people that are seeking him as well, but the, especially the religious people who thought works justified their lives, as, as many good things as they could do, that, that would justify their life. And, and, so, and so he's going to compare the two. The one who was self-righteous, but one of the worst of sinners, and the one who was the worst of sinners, but knew he could not stand right in God's presence <laughs> because of his works. And this is what it says. It says in verse 9 of chapter 18, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. And then he, after he says all of the bad things they do, now he's making this comparison, 
I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all I get. In other words, he's saying, this is what I do for you. Aren't you lucky, God, to have me? I'm not like this scum over here. And, and so Jesus is telling this parable and saying, basically, that's the attitude of you religious people. And he was speaking to them in that day. And the truth is, what was true then when Jesus spoke it is true today as well. And then in verse 13 it says, But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. In other words, he had nothing to bring to God to try to buy his justification. He had nothing to say, look what I have done. No. He went with his head down humbly, knowing that he doesn't even deserve it. God doesn't even need or have to listen to a word that this tax collector speaks. And then he beats his chest because he thinks of all that he has done. And he says, have mercy on me. Do you see, when, when we're ready really to come before God and humbly ask for him to remove our shortcomings, our sin, our faults, our, our, our character flaws, and, 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 and our, our ways that contrary to God's ways, we feel bad about it. There's not a rejoicing moment there. That's painful. But that's what you've been doing is working through that since step four. You've been working through it. Step five, you're confessing. Step six, you're saying, God, I'm now ready. I'm ready to do this. And step seven is now saying, God, I'm asking you to remove it. But we got to come humbly. We don't come, God, you, you need to do, you have to do, I'm commanding you. No, I'm not. I'm throwing myself upon the mercy of God. Because he's God. He's created everything and anything that is. And I'm crying out. God, forgive me. Take away the sin. Cleanse me. I need your mercy. And, and you know what Jesus says? He says, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. I don't know if the tax collector knew that he wasn't justified. He might have walked out and said, okay, I had my prayer time with God now, and whew, I thank you, God, that I'm not like that. He might have went home thinking that he's justified. But Jesus says, nope, it's the 
I tell you that this man, in verse 14, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And so that's what you've written down some things. You've written them down on, on paper, and you've written it down some things, and, and you say, God, I'm ready. I'm ready. And, you, and you've looked at it and you've said, you've said why, why have I hung on to this? What was the negative, what was the positive effect of this in my life? And what am I going to miss about it? And then what is the negative effect? And how's my life going to change as a result? And now you've got them and you're ready to, to give them over to God. I, wanna, I want you to see that, that we cry out for the mercy of God and his mercy is real and that's why Jesus came and died on a cross. If it wasn't for his blood being shed, we would all be lost in our sin. We would be lost in the wrongdoing. But because of his death on a cross, he paid the price for us because God had mercy. And his mercy is demonstrated as he beat his son with the beating that we deserved to pay for the price of our sin. There's a great passage in Psalm 51, and again, it's a Psalm of David, and, and David cries out to God, and, and I want you to hear the confession to God. He's talking to God. Have mercy on me, O God. You can go to him. You can know he's a merciful God. According to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. And look what it says. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity. And cleanse me from my sin. It's washed. It's cleansed. Because of the blood of Jesus. And, and, and David goes on and prays. He says, for I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you and only you have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time of my mother conceived me. And surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inner, inner place. And then in verse 7 of 51, Psalm 51, David says, Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed, conviction, ha rejoice. Hide your face from my sin and blot out all my iniquities. And then he goes on and says this, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. David knew it was only God who could do it and we need to know only God can do that. Jesus can create in us a clean heart, a pure heart. We don't have to somehow walk around like basically a sober drunk, somebody who's not doing the wrong thing but still wanting to. He can change your inner being by the power of his spirit. And then it says in verse 10, in verse 11, or verse 10, it says, I'll read it again. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. 
God, renew, regenerate, rebuild, but make it now better than what it was. Cleanse me. And that's what today is about. We humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings, just like the tax collector. Have mercy on me, God. And you know what he does? He has mercy on you. I want you to lay your hands on that card, that paper that you wrote those things on right now, and I want you to, we're going to pray. And you can pray right along. And Lord Jesus, we thank you that you died on a cross. We thank you, Lord, that you did it for us. We thank you, Lord, that you did it because of your great mercy. That without you coming and you dying, we would not have forgiveness of our sins. We would be lost in our sins, trapped on earth, and forever separated from you, the living God. But God, you made a way. And that way was not with the blood any longer of some lamb or some bull or some animal. That, that way was with the blood of Jesus. Jesus, you gave your life. Father in heaven, you gave your son so that he would take our place. And today, we are asking humbly that you remove our shortcomings and that you forgive us. And Lord, that you will wash us and purify us and that our hearts would be pure and holy in God that we would know that we are like brand new and we are a new creation we have been created new in you and God you're going to give us a new heart today so God wash away the old sin with your precious blood that was shed and remove it and separate it as far as the east is from the west it will never be seen by you. You will never bring it up and throw it in our face. God, may we know that we are truly clean today. I'm not the old person I used to be. I am a new man in Christ. The women are not the old women they used to be. They are new women in Christ. Thank you, Lord, for your great mercy. And thank you, Lord, that you came for us. Be the Lord of our lives. Thank you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now we're going to do a ceremony. One of the ceremonies is this, and I'm going to tell you what you can do. It's simple to do, but you need a balloon and you need some helium. And what you do is you just, you just begin to cut up. You begin to cut up those things that are there. And you just chop them up into little pieces just like this. And you chop them up, okay? And, and, you, and you take these things here. You take these things and you put them inside the balloon. And you push them down inside this balloon right here. And you stretch it so that they'll all, they'll all fit down inside there. And I don't have helium today to do, to do it. But I got a lot of hot air but it won't lift the balloon off the ground. But it does help me preach. And, and then you take them and you put them right inside here just like this. And then you take the, the helium, and I've done this, I've done this, and you, and you put it on the, the helium uh, um, valve and you, and you blow it.
and you make sure they're cut up real good. Don't put your address on them or anything, you know what I mean? Don't put your name there and cut them up, everything. And then you take that balloon and you know what you do? You just walk outside and you let that baby float up and out of sight. And another thing that you can do, you can take this here. Another thing that I do is this, you just cut this up, right? You cut it up, you cut these things up just like this, you cut them up, just chop them up, chop up all that ugly stuff, right? Because it's going. It's going. It's never, you're not, no one's going to see it. It's going. It's never, you're, you're giving it over to God. It's been covered by the blood of Jesus. And you know what you do? You take one of these uh, little blenders here. I don't know what, what kind of blender this. This is a Bella. It's a, it's a baby. And you, and you put it in there. And when I got in there, I got water. But I have a little bit of grape juice in there too. Just as a symbol of the blood of Jesus because that's the only thing that can take away our sin is the blood of Jesus. And you take that after you put it in there and, and you want to take it and you want to seal this good right here and then you want to put it on there and you want to just, there we go, hallelujah. Just grind that baby right, it'll never be seen again. It's completely gone, just let that, you just grind that thing, grind, I just kind of, Kind of a nice sound, isn't it? We should like play this during maybe worship. Can we put this in the corner somewhere? <laughs> okay. You grind that baby up, and guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? It's gone. It's gone. It's ground up. You can't pull this thing out. You can't piece it back together again. It's been covered by the blood of Jesus and is separated. And, and, and what I don't want you to do, what I don't want you to do, I don't ever want you to pull any of this stuff out or go try to find that balloon. Don't tag a GPS on it. Don't, you've given that away. Don't try to piece these pieces together, dry them out, go to some kind of forensic scientist and have them put something. I, I don't want you to do that because we do that. We want to carry guilt and shame. It's gone. It's gone. We humbly come before our God and we give it to him and we feel bad for it. But then there's a joy that comes. We're free. Don't let anybody tell you that you're still the old man or you're still the old woman. Or do you, I, 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 don't, I, I don't like it when we're, we start to reminisce about, remember that, remember this and that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I do remember that. But I'll tell you what, I'm glad God has washed that away because I don't ever want to go back to that. Because it's gone. And I'm not the old man. I'm a new man. My friends in Pennsylvania that watched this and Erie PA and we went to high school and together and stuff, you guys know. Ken Bongiorno, something happened to him in 1986 in the middle of January. He had an encounter with God. My friends know that. Many have come to know the Lord since then. But it's because of what Jesus did. He gave me a new heart. And he's given you a new heart as you bring it to him and you confess it. And you're never going back to it. Step seven, we humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings. They're gone. His mercy is great. So let's pray again. If you need Jesus, invite him into your heart. Lord, we thank you again for coming into our lives and opening up our eyes and 
revealing yourself to us. We thank you, Lord, that we don't have to carry around the wrongs that we have done in some kind of piece of luggage with wheels and pull it behind us. And Lord, for some of us, we would have to pull a U-Haul behind us. We, we don't, it's been a lot of weight there, Lord. We don't have to do that. You take it all. You got a big blender. The blender is enormous. As many as sends, as much uh, uh, paper that we would write on, Lord, whether it's a ream or it's a case or whether it's a truckload of all of it, Lord, the blender will grind it and the blood of Jesus covers it and it is separate from us. Thank you, God. As far as the east is from the west, it's gone like a balloon floating, taking it away. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, create in us a clean heart, restore in us a spirit of worship and joy and peace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.